0: Hey, everybody, thank you for tuning in to the Ladies Promoting Transparent Advocacy Podcast. I am your podcast host, Shay Pate. Well, this is the last week in February, and it is also the last week for Black History Month. But as a black person, of course, it will not be the last week. It's just the official calendar last week. We have a lot of black history. We have to keep celebrating and sharing. And we have a lot of a whole bunch of things we have to talk about that's happening in the world and in America and in our communities. So today I decided to change my whole topic. I am going to move who I was going to talk about to Wonderful Women Wednesday. And that young lady is our champion, Naomi Osaka. I went to celebrate her, but right now everybody's celebrating her all over the television, social media, and everything. So I'll move my celebration of her to Wonderful Women Wednesday. I woke up this morning and... I watched the movie over the weekend, and I want to focus on the message that I got out of the movie, but the person who starred in the movie, I decided to, he's very motivating, and I decided to do an episode on Daniel Kaluuya. And a lot of people may or may not know who he is, but I think, Think if you're a movie goer and you heard of the movie Get Out. He was <laughs> very, very, um, he was very powerful in that movie. And he also was in the Black Panther movie among dozens of movies. I didn't realize all the movies he was in. And he got a lot of awards, which we're going to talk about. As a matter of fact, I'm going to even play the clip when he got, this was in 2018, the um, Rising Star Award. I found a clip on that. I guess it's this acceptance speech, but we're going to do all that. But I wanted to talk about him because I watched a movie over the weekend that he was in, and um, I do suggest you watch it. It's a pretty powerful movie. Judas and the Black Messiah That movie is powerful They're already talking about it being Considered as a nomination for an Oscar And so When I watched the movie I was just going to do a motivating uh, A marvelous Motivating Monday on the movie But I decided that I would do it on The gentleman who starred In this movie and many many Other historical movies So that is what I'm going to do now A lot of people don't realize how much work goes into a podcast episode. I mean, if you do it right, there's a lot of research. It's hours and days of research. And when you're doing the recording, as I always tell people, it's not recording posts. You have to edit. You got to clip every time you stop, depending on what equipment you're using. It's a whole new set of waves. So you got to learn how to put them together. And that's a lot of work. And the fact that I've been doing Monday, Wednesday, and Friday episodes, I've enjoyed this very, very much, but I didn't realize until over the weekend I was watching something and they were saying when you're a very busy person, you need to, especially during a pandemic when you're in the house most of the time, all the time, or you should be anyway, I only go out for food and maybe a few things at Walmart or one of the other stores, Home Depot or someone and get things, but in general, I stay home, but you know, we've been in pandemic at my mode for over a year almost. And, um, I just, uh, I just realized listening to other people just talk about me time. And I just realized I really haven't had them because I do work full time and anybody's in the legal industry know how stressful that is in itself, So what I decided, I'm saying all this to say, we're going to go on with the episode, but I decided since this is the last week of Black History Month, I'm going to temporarily, and I do say temporarily, I'm going to temporarily suspend my Marvelous Motivating Mondays to just give myself some me time because it's a lot of work. And when you're talking about three days in a week and then, the weekend I'm doing prep work for the episode, so I really don't have no, no balance right now. And one day, especially the beginning of the week, means a lot. Cause anybody that know me know I do not. I'm I just don't. I never liked Mondays. I mean, and this is a true story. I hated Monday so much. I'm blessed to get over six weeks paid vacation a year, plus a couple of what we call floater days, sometimes one, sometimes two. So that's a lot of vacation time. So what I would do, and I've done this back-to-back years recently, I would take the first 26 Mondays of the year off. That's how much I hate Mondays. That's another reason why I wanted Marvelous Motivating Monday to motivate myself. But with that being said, this is going to be, the last Marvelous Motivating Monday for, I think I'm going to give myself a 60-day um, period for that. We're still going to go on with Wonderful Women Wednesday and Fantastic Fellas Friday. Because we need to celebrate people. But don't forget the whole objective of Ladies Promoting Transparent Advocacy's podcast is to not just bridge... Uh, generations and people and countries but also to hold people accountable companies accountable politicians accountable people in the community accountable ourselves accountable but to get the information out there you know and it's a lot of information you know the last five years has been crazy media wise in the news social media and i just want to um i want to just take some time i'm gonna take 60 days and hopefully, you know, this is the February, so hopefully that we're talking beginning back up in May. Hopefully the pandemic will be a little more under control where I can actually get out in the communities and see what's going on, because that's what I want to do. I'm a people person. I'm a community person. I've always taken time out to do whatever I can. But I am running on not even knowing it until this week and listening to people just talk about what they're going through. And I'm fine mentally. Physically, I'm fine, but I realize that I stopped working out the way I should. I done made me a schedule, but I can't stick to it because I'm too busy. And then the most important thing is I have twin granddaughters that are six, and they say, "Gigi, you always working. You working every day." And, and they're right. And, you know, they're adapting very well to being to homeschool, so that's a blessing in itself, as well as their mom teaching them. But I do want to spend a little more time with them because I am always working. And believe it or not, that one day with the pressure coming right after a busy weekend, which is always uh, news-wise busy, I try to stay as current about situations. But I want to talk about more home situations closer to um, home in some areas. My home, my, my home of Pittsburgh, my home of Georgia, where I am in Atlanta, and just I, I'm, I'm just. I know it sounds like I'm rambling, but it's so much I want to say, but I'm just putting it out there. So this is going to be my last Monday. Marvelous motivating Monday temporarily because I love doing this, but I do need to take a break. I need to get myself back in shape. So that when the weather break, I need to get out there and I want to eventually go visual. So I want to do things right because I enjoy this. This is something I probably should have done year. I should have went to school for this, but knowing the legal aspects is a benefit too. So I'm not complaining. So we are going to celebrate. This marvelous Motivating Monday Because this man is very motivating Mr. Daniel Kaluuya So, I want to start off by just talking about Who he is and where he's from Now, as I said, I want to talk about Just slightly the background of this young man And the main point of this episode Since it's Black History Month is I want to talk about the movie Judas and the Black Messiah, because I watched it over the weekend, and I went online to find the different reviews, which I'm going to read in this podcast episode. But let's talk about Daniel, and I just realized his birthday is Wednesday the 24th, so happy birthday in advance. And uh, this young man was born out of London, England, and he will be 32 this year. So happy uh, early birthday, Daniel. Daniel. I want to talk about this magnificent uh, resume of awards just within the last three years. And Now, I never heard of this movie. It's called Sucker Punch. This actually was out in 2011. Never heard of it. But Daniel received the Jack Tinker Award for Most Promising Newcomer. Well, look at that. Ten years later, I think they got it right because he's not a newcomer now, but he definitely is most promising. And that was another reason why when I saw that award, I wanted to move him up and put him on this marvelous Motivating Monday. In 2017, a lot of the people may have just found out about him because he did what they call the breakout role in the movie Get Out. So those who saw the movie Get Out, you saw him in in uh, stardom form, and he definitely um, he came through in that role. You know, in 2017 for that role in Get Out, he won the MTV Movie and TV Award for Next Generation. So look at that; he's been considered promising in 2011, and just six years later, he wins a, an award for. Uh, Next Generation and in 2018 he won three awards for Get Out one was the NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Actor in a Motion Picture another one was the Screen Actors Guild which they say that's the one where your colleagues vote for you SAG is what they call it so that seems like that's a really big honor um, for Outstanding Actor in a Motion Picture And also for Get Out, the British Academy of, of, uh, excuse me, Film and Television Arts nominated, well, gave him the award. For that role in Get Out, he was nominated for a Golden Globe. He didn't win. And he was nominated for an Oscar, a.k.a. Academy Awards. He didn't win, but it doesn't matter because he's just the winner all the way around. I saw a three-minute clip on um, IMDB that kind of gives you the title of It's called The Rise of Daniel Akula and it kind of gives you his background so I wanted to play this clip it's a three minute clip so it'll tell you a little more about him and then we're going to talk about Judas and the Black Messiah
1: I just sat there you didn't call anyone? no why not? I don't know I just thought that if I did make it real
2: This is Daniel Kaluuya, an acting phenom who's made a name for himself with passionate, dynamic performances like Chris Washington in Get Out, Slim in Queen and Slim, and Fred Hampton, the impassioned leader of the Black Panther Party in the biographical drama Judas and the Black Messiah. Deputy Chairman Fred
1: Hampton of the Illinois Black Panther Party.
2: Before all this, Daniel had already been rising to fame in the UK, doing both comedy and drama. His first acting job was as a student in the film Shoot the Messenger.
3: Jamal Yannick Reese,
2: detention. So I didn't even do anything. And like any up-and-coming actor, he did an episode of a procedural crime drama, Inspector Lewis, as a witness. He open the door a millimeter, tells Lucas he's got the wrong place, no woman here. And He's lying. But Daniel also did his fair share of comedy, appearing in sketch shows, an episode of Doctor Who. You had that thing, that, that machine. Did you make this happen? Oh, humans on buses always blaming me. And one of his first big breaks was as posh Kenneth in the comedy series Skins.
3: Why I on his forehead and
2: Sorry. Then in 2011, Daniel starred in an iconic episode of the sci-fi anthology series Black Mirror. He played Bing, one of the many citizens of a dystopian future in which the working class ride exercise bikes to provide power to society. In doing so, they receive merits that act as a sort of currency for everything. Bing saves up his merits to appear on an American Idol-esque show where he uses the platform to deliver a heated monologue to an audience of millions.
1: But who's around it and crushing it into into a bone, into a joke? One more ugly joke in the kingdom of millions of them f-
2: Daniel continued to work steadily with supporting roles in Johnny English Reborn, Kick-Ass 2 and Sicario. But Black Mirror's sudden impact in America in 2015 is what got him in front of Jordan Peele to play Chris Washington in Get Out, in which he's mercilessly abducted by his girlfriend's sadistic family. There's too many white people are getting nervous. Daniel's performance earned him a well-deserved Oscar nomination, and ever since then, there's just been no stopping him. He became a part of the MCU as Wakabi in Black Panther. He played Slim, one half of a couple running from the law in The crime drama, Queen and Slim, and he got the chance to work with the great Steve McQueen as an intimidating mob enforcer in Widows.
3: No, that's not the-
2: Daniel Kaluuya's talent combined with multiple projects that touch on social commentary and racial injustice has catapulted him to stardom. And best of all, he didn't even need to spend any merits to get there.
0: But I watch <laughs> Judas... The Black Messiah over the weekend. I think for Black History Month, all races should watch it. And the sad thing about it when I was watching it is that the same thing is happening right now, 50 something years later, actually 60 years later, maybe even close to 70 years later. I mean, it's the same thing. You know, we're talking about 60s and 70s. It's the same thing. It's actually kind of worse now. Um, The police brutality, and it it was pretty deep, you know. um, I strongly suggest everyone looks at that movie because, unfortunately, right now we are so divided. And this movie is pretty deep. So, what I decided to do was go and read some of the comments that some of the people are saying. There's so many out there. And, um, I saw an article from the New Yorker, and it was talking about, this is what it was saying. It says, Judas and the Black Messiah and the Klan Act. They're talking about this. A new movie and a lawsuit filed by the NAACP highlight historic disparities in the official response to radical groups. Now, this person named Jelani Cobb wrote an article, and the article is actually dated yesterday. And I just want you all to listen to what the article is saying. This was written yesterday, and this is about the movie. Early in Shaka King's new film, Judas and the Black Messiah, Roy Mitchell, a white FBI agent, and William O'Neill, a black informant, have a conversation about why O'Neill has been asked to infiltrate the Black Panther Party and gather intelligence on Fred Hampton, the leader of the Illinois branch. Quote, don't let Hampton fool you, Mitchell says, the Panthers and the Klan are one and the same. Their aim is to sow hatred and inspire terror. It's a pointed Moment, Not simply because it pre-phases Hampton's death at the hands of the Chicago police officers during a raid in December 1969, but because it presents a moral equivalency that raises more questions than it answers. Ooh, this article is deep. Now, the thing is, and, and, and the article goes on, And I want to read this because I want people to really understand the movie that don't understand what the Black Panther was really about. I want to finish reading this article because this is addressing it because keep in mind as it says that the NAACP highlight historic disparities in the official response to radical groups. Keep that in mind as I read this article. The Ku Klux Klan arose after the Civil War and orchestrated a campaign to effectively revoke black citizenship. The Panthers were born a century later as a reaction. Listen to that. A reaction. A reaction to the ways in which that campaign had been successful. Most, excuse me, most significantly, the Klan used terrorism to achieve its ends. Now, think about 2021. Think about the capitalization. Excuse me, the capital uh, insurrection on January 6, 2021. Let me read that again. Most significantly, the Klan used terrorism to achieve its end. The Panthers were guilty of sporadic acts of violence, but they had no ethos or terrorizing swaths. Of the public That distinction places the FBI's actions in Chicago In stark relief The killing of Hampton who was just 21 when he died Was part of a coordinated Strategy by federal And local law enforcement agencies Across the country to disrupt The Black Panther Party Pay attention, America. Pay attention to something that happened over, well, 1969. Think about how long ago that was, over 50 years ago. And pay attention to what's happening right now. The article goes on to say, The radical armed self-defense oriented Panthers were not alone. Under the direction of J. Edgar Hoover, the FBI's coin to pro initiative, Targeted the most Excuse me The more pacific wing Of the civil rights movement It extensively surveyed And menaced Martin Luther King Jr. His activities that are chronic Wow They are chronicled in another new film uh, I guess we getting right up Yep Now the new film coming out called It's a documentary from Sam Pollard Called MLK slash FBI Wow, but keep in mind the FBI took no such action against the leadership of the Klan Think about it. Think about how Black Lives Matter They were gassed, terrorized by the National Guard police And they were just peacefully protesting Now keep in mind we realized that there was some disruption But I'm going to continue to say this and this is just my opinion i believe that there were people planted in those audience i mean in those protests to riot and be destructive to make them look bad that's just my opinion and think about this when the capital was uh infra well insurrected look at how at, uh, just barbaric the situation was They had signs, they had flags, they had everything letting the people looking at it know what they were defending in their minds. So, you know, if they had been black, as we continue to say, they wouldn't have, first of all, got that far, but they would have been gunned down like animals. There would have been hundreds of dead bodies on the ground. They would not have even got that far for one, and there would have been bodies everywhere. So America... I'm just saying, I want us to find a way. We don't have to be best friends, but we need to find a way to come together. And this movie really, really, really put some really some really uh, thought-provoking uh, messages in it. I want to re- finish reading this article because this article is pretty, pretty deep. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I want people to start thinking differently because we need to get along. We don't need a civil war. We don't need... To have people treated like they're animals. We, you know, we don't have to get along though, but we just need to be civil. And this article goes on to say, like I said, they did not um, take the same action against the leadership of the Klan, which was responsible for an uncountable n- number of murders, or against George Lincoln Rockwell's American Nazi Party, which formed an opposition to the civil rights movement. Which sounds like this is, I'm taking a break from the reading. This sounds like what's happening right now. All these different, uh, far, what are they calling far right, racist, extremist groups. And then it says the contrast in response is even more remarkable given a comment that President Joe Biden made last month when he nominated Merrick Garland to be Attorney General. Biden said the Garland would restore integrity to the Department of Justice. It oversees the FBI, which he added was created during the administration of Ulysses S. Grant to enforce civil rights amendments and to prosecute the Klan. Black Lives Matter protesters, and as we have seen in a lot of these protests, it's not just all black lives. It's a lot of people marching with them because they believe in what The cause is that they don't want to see police brutality and injustice and racism. And we have all racists joining us in this fight. And so when I saw the movie, it was so weird because it was just like right now. It was the same situation where, like I said, the Black Panthers were being um, intimidated and, and treated horrible when the Klan could lynch and kill and do everything and get away with it. And Black Lives Matters can't even march <clears throat> in protest without things happening to them. They're gas and, and, and treated like criminals. But you had people who were acting like criminals and not only acting, invading the federal property of the Capitol. And they just get a we love you speech. It's, it's crazy. But this movie, I really, really... I really really wanted to just kind of talk about it because um, it's, it's so deep, it's so deep. and you know, I was reading I never heard of this uh, magazine, but it's called Jacob Jacob in magazine and they had talked about the movie as well and someone named Chip Gibbons wrote an article entitled Judas and the Black Messiah actually does Fred hampton justice and i'm just going to read the first paragraph because he talks about the movie overall and i'm not going to bore you with all that but i just want to highlight some of the things and he's saying leftists have been burned so many times by hollywood depictions of radicals so it's a welcome surprise when once in a blue moon mainstream filmmakers actually do the history of america radicals justice as in the new film on fred hampton and the black panthers judas and the black messiah so what i always like to do is find audio clips they're actually videos but you can't see me yet so while we're doing things audio I found a clip, and it was an interview recently with uh, Daniel Kaluuya with uh, Trevor Noah. I love Trevor Noah on the Daily Show, and I it's an eleven minute interview, but it's really fun. I want to kind of break up the seriousness of the Black Panther movie and just talk about the man and how he feels. And I love how Trevor just does a little fun fun interview with him so i want you guys to hear the interview in their own words i am a
3: revolutionary
1: what's that Trevor? man what's going on
3: you can kill a revolutionary but you can't kill a revolution yeah. and i tell you something daniel kaluuya that is my favorite let me tell you something man it's been a while since i watched a movie man Kudos to everyone. Kudos to yourself. Kudos to Lakeith. Kudos to Shaka King. This, this is, yeah, man. I, if I had the Oscars at my house, I'd just give them to you now. We don't <laughs> need to go to the awards. We just take the Oscars, we give them to you now, and you go home and you do whatever you want with them. How
1: are you doing, my dude? I'm going for it, bro. This, this restaurant, speaking about this, no, I'm good. I'm good, I'm good. And you know when you, you did something that you're proud of? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, everyone put everything into that. Everyone put everything into that. So I'm feeling good, man. How are you? I like your hair, man.
3: Thank you very much, man. I'm, I'm ready to join the Black Panther Party. That's what I'm ready to
1: do hey, right bro, now. bro, I can see you on the front line with that hairstyle. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> I tell like, you, feed some kids with a breakfast program right now. <laughs> <laughs> right <there.
3: laughs> Oh, man, this movie, I'm, I'm, you I, you must be tired, man. You must be running around doing press because everybody should want to speak to you about this film, Judas and the Black Messiah. Like, look, Daniel, you've known for a long time I'm one of your biggest fans, but, you know, there are things that, you know, even if you love Lionel Messi, there's still a goal that he'll score where you're like, how did he do that? Even if you love Ronaldo, he'll do like a kick where you're like, how did he do that? That's what I feel like you do with your acting, is I know how you act. I love how you act, whether it's Queen and Slim, you know, whether it's Get Out, it doesn't matter what it is. But in this film, in Judas and the Black Messiah, we see a side of not just the Black Panther Party, but Fred Hampton that I think many people wouldn't know about in American history. Tell me a little bit about the story and why Daniel Collier decided, nah, I, I think I can bring this person
1: to life in a way that a lot of people haven't seen before. Yes. Um, yeah, do you know, chairman Fred, uh, he was a man of the people, you know, he was, uh, in Chicago and he, he became chairman of the Illinois chapter of the black Panther party. And it, 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 Ryan and Zinzi Kugler actually pulled me to the side on the black Panther reshoots and Asked me to be a part of it. And when I, I just felt honored, I just felt honored that they they even saw me in that way, you know. It kinda of, is something that came to me. They saw it before I saw it. And um and uh and then yeah, I just read the script and I was just like, you know, there's a lot of information about how he died, but there's not a lot of information about how remarkably he lived. Right. You know, that's what it is, It's just like, wow, this this guy lived incredibly. Do <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like right. He knew things on a deep, deep, deep level, and not only knew them, executed them. Right. The knowledge, and he had original thoughts, and then he he did something about it in a way that was digestible to people that were like him. You know, it's like there's so much that has to happen there, and he was 20, 21. Right. For this, you know, it's like he was just. I say he's like he's a brilliant mind and a brilliant heart. So for that, it was kind of like you know, it's it's, kind of like a way to serve something that. That was that was articulating stuff that you believed, but also it's that kind of like it was learning about Chairman Fred allowed me to grow as a man, you know? I, I can only imagine. imagine. And so I look at my preconceptions, look at my fears and hangups that I had and kind of grow in order to kind of occupy his words, you know?
3: I think preconceptions is the perfect word because the stories that we've been told about so many historical figures are told by the people who oftentimes either ended their lives prematurely or didn't want them to free the people they were trying to free. I mean, Nelson Mandela was labeled as a terrorist. You know, uh, Mahatma Gandhi was persona non grata with the British. Um, Fred Hampton was no different. And what I love about this story is it doesn't show us a simplistic view of the Black Panther Party or Fred Hampton. It shows us a holistic view. In this film, though, we go, these were human beings fighting for their rights. And what I loved... Was how the story talks about how the Black Panther Party built a coalition of Black, White, and Hispanic
1: to fight against oppression. Yeah, yeah, that that was that was the scariest thing to the powers that be, you know, is that that Chairman Fred had the uh, the knowledge, the clarity, and the ability to kind of see people from different communities and understand that they were they were more aligned than people would think, especially people that they had conflicts with, which like the Young Patriots, you know, there's a scene in the film where we go in there and we're greeted with the Confederate flag, right? You know, and even in conflict, Chairman Fred and the Black Panther Party found points of interest, you know, and then, but not in sacrifice of their love of blackness and love of the black community, right? Because we live in a day and age. If you join s- with someone that isn't aligned with you, you feel like you're selling out, you're compromising yourself. Is that they, that thought was even in their mind? They were, it was all to bolster the love for the community, but they saw that them um, the they were. It was better in solidarity than in fragmentation, you know?
3: I would love to know, from your side as Daniel, how did you begin to embody Fred the way that you did? Like, what what, what did you look for in him
1: that helped you bring him to life in this movie? You know, it's Trevor. I, kinda, I was in a space where I would watch his speeches and be aware of how I was feeling as a result of it. You know what I'm saying? And going how I was feeling moved and and and, and that. So then... I was like, "Oh, my goal is to occupy his spiritual space, that position." Huh. Saying and go, I want to move the audience in the way that he is moving me at this moment. You know, I don't really know the words for that feeling that I felt, but I knew I felt it, and I said, I, "But I knew I was able to occupy it." And I was like, "All right, cool. Let me just go there. Let me have that as my aspiration in terms of this." And, and that's kind of, it's kind of like you're a vessel in those situations. In certain scenes, but saying his actual words, you mean know, you can't help but let the words tell you how to play. It. Let the words words tell you how to be. The voice. Talk me through the voice and how how
3: important that was because I feel like Get Out was all about the eyes. You know, you 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 made those eyes come alive. It felt like that was the whole story, and it felt like in this, a lot of Fred is that voice.
1: Yeah, it was the voice was everything um, in 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 approaching it. So then I was when I started dialect work with Audrey lacrone amazing dialect coach. It was a real kind of real challenge. And also, another thing as what well, I had to really watch my voice because I'm not um, classically trained. Well, how I arrived to acting was a very raw, improv way. Yeah. I had a tendency when I did plays to kind of just go and just lead with emotion, but damage my voice. And I knew on this one, I couldn't afford to, you know what I'm saying? Because you're doing 12 hour days with just doing speeches. So Audrey said, yo, you should look into a singing coach. So I found an opera singing coach. Wow. wow with an opera singing coach and then um and then because i just i loved the way opera singers commanded the space uh-huh. for sonically chairman fred felt like that you yeah know? how he occupied a room you know he, he just occupied it and, um, and because of the amount I was doing, I needed to engage my diaphragm and condition my vocal cords for those kind of days. And so I would do gospel songs and I would do songs that felt like Sherman Fred speeches. Then I'll do the speeches and then I was studying cadence because he had a different cadence to when he spoke to a different cadence to when he did speech. Right. Right. So Identifying, defining those differences, but also feeling like the same person. Uh-huh. It's kind of like it was it was uh there was a kind of but also in it, it was for me, it was what was the speech patterns was like a clue into his thought patterns.
3: Having spent all this time embodying the man, researching him, living in him, uh, you know, recreating that history. What do you think some of the misconceptions are that people have about Fred Hampton that you've learned about him and 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 maybe has changed in your mind as
1: well since taking on this role? I, I was blessed enough that I didn't have any preconceptions about um him, you know. And I didn't have any preconceptions about the Black Panther Party. I just understood that other people, in order for it, you, know, you know, like the white fear dressed as hate, you know, right, 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 right. manifested as like these people are like killing us. They're terrorists. They're like the Ku Klux Klan, you know. And it's that kind of thing where, like, actually, I feel like these people were like had incredible, uncompromising love for themselves, and they would they would guard themselves with guns and then guard their community with guns because because you're trying to kill us. You know, it's like, if you don't protect your family, I say if someone, a burglar comes into your house and you don't protect your family, what are you saying about yourself? And what are you saying about how you feel about your family? You know, everyone understands that scenario. But I think the black community within America, there's a lot happening. There's these people that are occupying their spaces and oppressing these people and and black people around the world. You know, if you don't stand up for yourself, it doesn't make sense. It makes sense to protect yourself but he's not only did they protect themselves they loved themselves Mm -hmm. themselves you know and the protection was just a manifestation of a form of love you know one one thing that really stood out to me in this film was realizing
3: how people are connected around the globe without even realizing it And, and when you watch the story of the black panthers they were an international organization they were here you know, and they were trying to expand in the U.S., but they, they, commu- they, they talked to people from different places around the world and said, you share a struggle that we share and we want to do this together. How do you think that has factored into, like, how you play these roles and what you think about it? You know, when you, when you look at that shared experience on the globe, because some people might be like, ah, uh, Daniel, you come from England, you, you drink tea all day and you have a, a good life, but, Sometimes there's a disconnect, and I feel like the Black Panthers understood that they would connect with black from other places to be like, "Yo, we are all black, and we're all experiencing this
1: oppression in a in a similar and yet different way." I think they, I think Chairman Fred especially understood it was an international struggle, you know. Mm-hmm. And you see in the first speech that he references the Mozambican FRELIMO fighters, you know. Right, right. The, the struggles in Angola. You know, it's like he's it's, he under, he's connecting the dots. You know, when I was like. Um his points of references were like Yomo Kenyatta. You know, it's like you, you, and you can go on that kind of rabbit hole and go down there and find out all the stuff that's happening there and, in, in, in terms of how to battle what's happening here and what, um, sometimes what pitfalls to look out for, you know, right? Like some overthrowing, actually, you're just replacing what was there with a, with a black face. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's, and he's the issue is capitalism, you know? Yes. And, yes. And, and, and so it's understanding, understanding that he, 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 they saw it as a, As a bigger, as a macro point of view, you know, and it's like They saw it as this is a Western construct that's kind of a Western virus. It's like you know, it's like it's like a pandemic. You know, Um, what's 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 happened to Black people and and the oppression of Black people from white fear and white anxiety. I hope that everyone sees the film, and then I hope that everyone who's voting
3: sees the film as well because it deserves every award, award possible. Thank you for creating it. Thank you for being
1: here. I love seeing you again, my friend. Love, man. Appreciate you, my bro.
0: So, you know, what he goes on to say is how pretty much Fred Hampton's right-hand man and the guy that was in charge of security, uh, his name was Bill Neal, he snitched on them. He was an inside informant with the FBI because they wanted to take him down in the Black Panther Party. And, you know, Fred and all of them trusted him, although I'm going to be honest, there was some signs in the movie that kind of told he wasn't straight up. Um, but it's really interesting that this movie has caused a lot of controversy. And I was, as I said, I always did my research. I was reading an article and the actual actor, I'm going to just give shout out to him right now. And his name is, um, Lakeith Stanfield. I think you did an amazing job, uh, on your role. Cause you were real convincing to me. I was mad at you, but I know it's acting, but you played that role, and um, it's my understanding, a lot of people are, are mad at the role he played, but it's he's acting. He did an amazing job. And um, uh, this film has already been considered to be nominated for an Academy Award. And if so, um, he and Daniel should definitely get that nod. So I, that's my opinion, of course. But this article went on to say how the Black Panthers or one of the most misunderstood groups in the US history. Even till this day, they are frequently demonized, having their worldview distorted beyond recognition. In the film, you know, Roy, FBI agent Roy Mitchell frequently compares the Black Panthers to the Klu- Ku Klux Klan, while such a comparison is an abs- is absurd. You know, but it, it reflects how the Panthers are still frequently wrongfully thought of as violent racial, sho- sh- excuse me, chauvinists. And when the Panthers are not maligned, they are often co opt the radical political, excuse me, politics admitted in favor of Asian. You know, as a result, many people go into Hollywood film. And they do a film about Fred Hampton, you know, and they do it with apprehension. And I'm gonna tell you something. They talk about a quote that Daniel Kaluuya he he says in the movie, and and they're saying that it's one of the most famous quotes. So I'm gonna read the quote, and it's really kind of. I don't know. I'm feeling some kind of way about this movie, but I'm kind of glad I did the research on it because it is said that they looked at the Black Panthers as all negative and pretty much anti-police, and that's not what. from what I've heard in the past and what I even saw in this movie. They were doing a lot of positive things in the community, you know, from daycares to clinics to feeding people. They were doing a lot of positive things in the community, so... I don't know about the Klan doing that because I'm not a member of the Klan and I I didn't hear anything about that. But the Black Panther was trying to just have dignity and pride for the black people and do positive things. And I think, unfortunately, as we see in 2021, as a black person, sometimes the better you are, the more they try to hurt you and push you down to uh, prevent you from prevailing. And it's really unfortunate But I want to talk about the quote that Daniel did. And it says, We don't think you fight fire with fire best. We think you fight fire with water best. We're going to fight racism, not with racism, but we're going to fight with solidarity. We say we're not going to fight capitalism with black capitalism, but we're going to fight it with socialism. Well... I'm going to tell you something. You have to watch the movie because I don't want to tell too much. But I didn't know until I saw this movie how a lot of the different organizations came together in Chicago and they formed the Rainbow Coalition pretty much. And I know you all remember Jesse Jackson talking about the Rainbow Coalition where all different people, races and backgrounds came together And I didn't realize that happened out of Chicago either. But, you know, it said that Fred Hampton seeked to build a rainbow coalition of the Panthers, the Young Lords, a predominantly Puerto Rican organization similar to the Panthers in ideology, and the Young Patriots, a leftist anti-capitalist organization of self-described hillbillies, largely made up of Appalachian migrants to Chicago. See what I mean? See how they all came together? You know, and that's what I'm hoping somehow America can do right now because we are so, so divided. And the reality is, no one's going anywhere. No one's going anywhere, and so I think that it's really important that we start learning each other's history so we can understand the struggles that people are going through. You know, I want to just talk about George Floyd one second because people are all devastated about what happened, but the Black community is not surprised. We're just happy that it happened to where people were... um, you know, God has a way of doing things. People were at a standstill because we were in the house because of COVID. So we got to see more TV than we normally would if we were going about our lives and being out. We probably wouldn't even have seen George Floyd. It might have been a news clip. And then that's it. So what a lot of my friends that are Caucasian have come to me, we talked about racism and they would say things like, I didn't realize this, this is bad, but it, it really is. And I always tell them, it's always been this way for us. You're just seeing it right now. So if we seem like angry black people, a lot of times we might be, but it ain't unjust angry. It's just you get tired of being tired, you know? And I want people to watch this movie. You know, I can go on and on and on, but this movie to me, Is very motivating, and it's motivating hoping—this is my hope— hoping that people want to be better people. It's it's just that simple. Um, You know, all the feedback on this movie is just so—it's overwhelming. Whew! So, um, I just want you guys to see it, and I'm going to actually— read some more of the things that I found out regarding this movie because I kept finding articles that I didn't even know some of these organizations existed and I saw an article in a magazine called Plugged In and I they had it broken down and we're still talking about Judas and the Black Messiah. They had it broken down in the categories. They had the movie review And then they had the positive elements. And since I'm always trying to do positive things, I'm going to just read what they wrote about the positive elements. And you do hear my paper moving. I'm sorry. And this um, PluggedIn.com did a review. And a positive element says, so let's sidestep the question of who the real Fred Hampton was. The terrorist leader, the FBI painted him as in the late 1960s, The righteous crusader that this movie paints him to be today, or somewhere in between. Given that is a movie review, excuse me, given that is a movie review, let's deal with the movie's version of the chairman. Judas and the Black Messiah's Fred Hampton is an angry young man and he has plenty of reason to be. He's an unapologetic revolutionary, but one. The movie suggests more in keeping with the nation's own revolutionaries. Now, this is just their positive elements, The review. He's all about people power. Now, see, that's not what the Klan was about. It was about white power. He's all about people power, democracy, and sometimes frightening actions. The people can decide whether to overthrow the government, he says, or not. And as if illustrating that central point, Fred works to unite Chicago's dis- disparate street gangs and disenfranchised citizens into what he calls a rainbow coalition. Look at that. He, inc- he was inclusive. That's the word we use a lot now when we talk about diversity. So he was being inclusive. Through friendships and persuasion, he brings a violent rival gang called the Crowns into his orbit, pulls in the Puerto Rican gang called the Young Lords, and even makes friends with a group called the Young Patriots Organization, poor white folks who hang a huge Confederate flag up during their meetings. Now look at that. He came together with all that to try to do the Rainbow Coalition. And he says, we can heal this whole city. This is what he tells the crown gang leader as he extends an olive branch. And the chairman seems sincere. He talks occasionally about feeding the city's hungry, creating a health clinic for its poor. And indeed, when he's given an envelope full of money, money intended to get him out of the country for his own safety, he instead suggests that the cash should be used to start a clinic thinking about other people before himself his organization has some strict rules about behavior too when Bill's caught leering at a woman in a classroom that's Bill O'Neill who is the snitch he's forced to do push-ups as punishment (laughs) wow so then when he goes back to the FBI Bill O'Neill tells the FBI agent who is making him an informant That uh, these people are no terrorists (laughs) Oh my goodness But, of course, just like in J. Edgar Hoover's time You know, this is just crazy This is just crazy Well, you know, I just really want people to see this movie And like I said, it's the last Monday of Black History Month and I did not want to. After seeing this movie, I did not want to um, talk about it. I think it's a perfect timing type of situation. Um, I just want people to just try to find a way to get along. You know, we don't have a situation now where the blacks weren't aren't educated. We don't. You know, we have social media. We have places we can go to find. Um, information and research, and that's what all I want people to do. Because when I was watching this movie and I was watching how unfortunately we're still in that same struggle as black people, it was really hurtful. But then when I was talking to someone about what's happening in America now, one of the things they kept reminding me of is what some of the people who were a part of the January 6th insurrection were saying. And I remember some of the things I saw. So one of the things I saw was the one lady. I won't say who she is, but she got a whole bunch of flack, and I think she lost her job and all that. And she was crying and said that she was sorry, and she didn't real. She thought she actually was fighting for something that ended up being a lie, and all that. And I mean, now her whole life is all messed up because she allowed herself to believe a lie, and. Everything you see on TV is not the truth. Every news station you watch is not not the truth. I mean, personally, I think it should be. But just like when you watch the news, they're reading a teleprompter or they're reading a piece of paper. That's what podcasters do. Uh, Well, let me speak for myself. I can't say what others do. That's what I do. But one of the things I always tell you is I do my research and I list my sources and then you can do your research from there. I suggest people do research. Don't believe what someone tells you. If you have questions, go and do your own research. And I'm hoping after this Black History Month, we can... Um, Continue to celebrate amazing black people But one of the things As I always mention I want to do in the future When the pandemic's over Is go out into the communities Get people involved We got to help each other And it has to be all races You know, segregation Believe it or not <laughs> is supposed to be over And we are so divided And we don't know what's going to happen Four years from now When there's another election We don't know who's going to be re-elected Or elected again Or elected so we need to take an opportunity of the next four years to try to bring America, as the current president says, he said America's back, but we're not back. We may be back on the political stage internationally, but we're not even back on the political stage at home, uh, domestically. So when I watched this movie, I wasn't as angry as I, th- I was, I was angry and upset, but I wasn't. As angry and as upset as I thought I would be and the reason why is it's kind of full circle and we're going you know we have that same situation right now but the thing I'm more prayerful and hopeful for is People are more educated, especially in the African American community. A lot of us are very educated, and you don't have to have a degree to be educated, but we try to find out information. We do our research. Some of us don't, that should, but my point is back in the 60s, I think people were a little more afraid to speak out and talk about what's happening and racism and extremism and injustice. And in 2021, I think it's just the opposite because one of the things we showed, if nothing else, in the 2020 election is that we want to be a major uh, seat at the table with our voice. And I think we did that, and especially in the South, in the state of Georgia. So, um, you know, this episode is kind of all over the place because I didn't prep for it at all. I just woke up this morning and decided after that movie I wanted to do a marvelous Motivating Monday to motivate all of you all to be part of the positive change that we need to make to bring us back together, at least civil. We don't have to be best friends and we can still keep our opinions, but when it gets into violence and killing and all that, that's not going to help. And the fear, you know, we shouldn't be fearful to leave our house because we're black. That's crazy to me, but it's a reality. You know, I have to go past a police station depending on where I'm going when I leave my house. You know, anything that can pull me over just because I came past. it I mean, it's just crazy. And it's it's just unfortunate. So I asked my non-black fa- uh, family, friends. Come, help us come come on the positive side. You don't have to change a political party to be a part of positive things. I'm not asking you to switch over to a different party and vote differently. But I want you to think differently and think with your hearts and think with uh, if you're religious, think with your religion, you know, think positive so we can be a part of this uh, new America. And I apologize to those who haven't seen the movie. I think I kind of gave some of it away. But unfortunately, I needed to say some of the things I was saying so people could understand how I was connecting everything together. So as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, first, I'm going to take a 60-day break till May 1st, and I will not be doing marvelous motivating Mondays. And that's just I need some time to kind of Kind of just take care of me, which I really haven't been doing Because as I try to remind people, if you do podcasting right, you do research It takes days of research And you're talking about doing three episodes in a week And I have a full-time job And it's just, um, it's it's a lot, it's overwhelming And I decided for my best health that I would temporarily And I do want to say temporarily, because I love motivating people on mondays because as i mentioned i am not a monday person and that's why i wanted to do marvelous motivating monday so we're going to take a 60-day break just for monday we will be back with wednesday's wonderful women wednesday and i will talk about our wonderful uh half japanese half haitian uh champion my girl Naomi we will do her on Wednesday I actually was going to do her today but I see she's all over the papers and everywhere today so I don't want to give you something as you're getting today anyway I want to maybe do a different approach on uh, what I want to talk about outside of her being a amazing uh, wonderful woman and tennis player but about how uh, the media kind of Try to twist things and make things negative that aren't there. So we'll talk about that on Wednesday. I'm going to ask you guys to just stay safe, wear your mask, and do your social distancing. And I thank you for listening. And I thank you for all the support. Please follow us on Twitter. At advocacy ladies, that's capital A is in advocacy, capital L is in ladies. You know, you can always send us an email at podcast host, 19 at gmail.com. Those are small letters. You can definitely give us a call at 404-855-7723. And you know that I always ask you to follow us on any of your podcast channels, whether it's Google Play, Apple iTunes, Pandora, Spotify, Or Alexis tune in and we definitely want you to hit the notification button and we will be making sure if you do that you will get the publication notification immediately now keep in mind Mondays will be back May 1st but I'm just going to take a break from marvelous motivating Monday so that I can just get myself together and hopefully in May the pandemic will be a little more under control and I can get out and uh, talk to the people in the street so we can talk about what we need to do to get the world, our communities, and uh, America back in great shape. So I will see you guys on Wednesday. And you know my favorite question to end all my episodes are, excuse me, is, what do you have to say? Thank you for listening.